Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well then, this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. It's Anne-Marie Miles and welcome to this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. And we are going to look back at the last few months and take some highlights from some of the previous episodes, starting with episode 26, which happened back, I think, in February, talking about the director's cut of your life. So who's writing the director's cut of your life? Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voices are you letting impact who you are? That's what I was thinking about for myself at that time. Who am I letting speak into my life and what narrative am I letting play in my head? So here's a snippet from episode 26. And I don't know if you have one of these kind of negative narrators telling you the worst version of your story. I've I have terrible trouble with this. I sat, gosh, I sat in the doldrums listening to this voice for a bit And I suddenly thought to myself, what I need is the director's commentary. I need to be listening to the director's commentary on my life, because even if a film is rubbish and gets terrible reviews and only three people go to see it, the director's commentary will always be positive. The director has a vested interest. It's more than a cheerleader because the director has got a vested interest into making this film the best that it can be, putting hours of committed work into it. He or she knows the characters and the plot intimately and wants this story to be the best version of the story that's ever told. Now, I know I'm mixing my metaphors now going from cheerleaders to directors, but it did make me think about the commentary that I allow myself to listen to. And okay, if you know me and you've listened to this podcast before, you know who my director is, don't you? You know that my director is God in Jesus. If I look at what it says about who God and Jesus are to me, like in Acts 17, it says, for in him in Jesus, we live and move and have our being. That's what a director does, isn't it? That's where we go, what we do and the character that we portray, the person that we are. In Hebrews 12, it says that I should fix my eyes on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of my faith. He's my director. He's not just the writer. He's the director and the perfecter. And uh, as well as fixing my eyes, I should fix my ears too definitely should be listening more. So I'm going to ask you, who is your director? What commentary do you listen to on your life? What What is the voice that you hear? Because even though I have a positive director who wants the best for me, I still have this negative commentary that I have to work very hard to kind of stop. And it almost stopped me from doing the podcast. Now, some of you may be sorry that it didn't, <laughs> it didn't succeed. But like I, you know, I really feel that this is something I should do. It's something that I want to do and something that I feel is the the right thing for me to do. And I really, really hope and pray that it does help people who struggle like I do with food and weight. But I suddenly thought it's really important for me to 
focus on the director's commentary on the one who has a vested interest in my well-being the one who has a vested interest in my what's the word I'm looking for in my prosperity and don't get me wrong I don't mean you know loads of money and a big house in the Hamptons and a swimming pool you know I mean my spiritual and my mental and my physical prosperity you know that I become the best version of me that I can be that my story becomes the best directed version that it can be. So again, I'm going to ask you, who is your director? What commentary do you listen to? And let's see if we can squeeze this metaphor (laughs) within an inch of its life. Who are the main characters in your show? Are there some characters in your show that maybe have too many scenes that maybe appear too often or too many lines? Are there any characters in your show that are upstaging you? It reminds me of another brilliant scene from The Holiday where Kate Winslet's character, she says, you know, you're supposed to be the leading lady in your own life. And I love that line. The guy she's talking to points out to her that she's playing the best friend. She's not playing the leading lady in her own life. So what about you? Are you playing the leading role in your own story? And here's a look back at episode 36, which was recorded around the end of April. Looking at how one morning spent defrosting a freezer gave me lots of things to reflect on about uh, my own life and how I'm dealing with getting rid of some of the solid, unmovable stuff that I have, (laughs) both physically and emotionally, and how therapeutic it was to be chipping away and, and whacking away at the at this two inch thick ice in a freezer. So a little listen to episode 36. Thank you to those who have been in touch to say how you've been enjoying the podcast. I'm so grateful for the encouragement. And to the person who complained about last week's episode, I hope I have convinced you to come back. I did say back at the beginning and maybe I need to say it every so often that the wisdom bit of words, wobbles and wisdom is not my own. It is God's wisdom and it's from the Bible. And that's always going to be at the heart of what I share. And uh, you did say that you thought my podcast would be better without the God stuff. And I politely disagree. (laughs) It would be nothing without the God stuff. And that is because I would be nothing without the God stuff. But anyway, for this week, well, I've had a very therapeutic morning, actually. It's amazing how good it was for my brain. I defrosted a freezer. Now, it was one that didn't belong to me, though mine could probably do with some work done on it. Uh, But it was also one that was in great need of defrosting. And I have to say, losing yourself in a task is quite wonderful, especially when you're bashing seven bells out of two inches of ice. It's quite nice to kind of lose yourself in a job like that. It takes your mind off all the things that are, you know, that you're thinking about. I'm, I'm having a bit of a difficult, difficult week. There's some stuff going on. It's been a, it's been a bit of a week, but um, I have to say, bashing <laughs> ice with a big plastic spatula, you know, was quite nice. Actually, I have to confess, I broke the big plastic spatula. Um, and then moved on to a big metal straining spoon, which was a lot more productive. 
Uh, but don't worry, the freezer was plugged out. Well, eventually, I hit the wrong button first, but eventually I plugged the freezer out and um, the big metal straining spoon did a very good job. Whack, whack, whack. It was brilliant. Uh, every so often, I'd get a massive chunk of ice off. And uh, I wonder, is that how footballers feel when they score a goal? I don't know. Uh, but it was a great sense of achievement. And I was thinking, it's a terrible pity, really, that the weight doesn't come off like that. Um, sadly, it's a slower process that comes off bit by bit. And certainly hitting myself with a big metal spoon's not going to help. But... Um, I did reflect that actually I used to. I used to hit myself uh, during the weight loss process and maybe not um, the odd time I did actually kind of thump my stomach. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll have heard me talk talk about that. But mentally as well, I and emotionally, you know, I used to kind of hit myself and um, chastise myself and criticise myself. And that doesn't take big chunks of weight off. It just takes big chunks of self off, doesn't it? You know, the being critical, it just takes big chunks of confidence off and certainly is more likely to send me to comfort eat than anything else. So I'm glad I don't do that anymore. That's one of the things I've stopped is being cruel to myself, being mean to myself, being hard on myself. And going back to my freezer emptying this morning, I did realise very early in the process that to do it properly, it had to be completely empty. And when you do that, when you completely empty uh, the freezer or the fridge, it means going back to the far reaches of every shelf and finding that kind of, as we did this morning, that unlabeled tub of something with strange colour and uh, stuff that at some stage you obviously thought oh you know I'll use this I'll eat this or whatever and now it looked a tad radioactive and uh, to kind of stretch this freezer cleaning analogy I have come to the conclusion that to really address what's at the heart of my eating um, and what will work in whacking a few inches off myself that maybe I need to completely empty completely empty everything maybe go back to the far reaches um, and remove anything maybe that's hanging around in the background that I thought at the time might be useful or I thought I couldn't part with or I suppose didn't want to deal with but actually it's doing me no good at all so in episode 41 back in June I shared a little bit about some memories some precious family memories and how good times and family times I were always kind of food based <laughs> and how I just I suppose when I began to be more emotionally dependent uh, when I in t times of sadness and times of depression I equated food with uh, family and kind of uh, finding I suppose finding a way to dispel loneliness and how Anybody challenging me on what I ate or how much I ate or how little I exercised, I equated that to the fact that they didn't care about the fact that I was sad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my my thinking was uh, my logic was all was all skewed. And I share about that in episode 41, which was back in June. So this week on Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, my topic is kind of returning to something that I talked about earlier, but uh, in chatting with a couple of people about the podcast, but I was talking to somebody about when I made food, eating, dieting, 
I banned the subject. I absolutely banned it. It's a strange kind of process of of logic and it's really taught me. Do you know something? Hang on a second. For one horrible moment there, I thought the microphone wasn't plugged in. I was going to go. Ah, but the microphone is plugged in. OK, so where was I? Yeah, so it's the kind of um, bizarre logic that led me to the point where I didn't want to talk about food at all. Do not approach the tomb of the forbidden subject. Do not, because if you do, then you obviously don't love me. And I know it's ridiculous. I know how ridiculous that sounds. It sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud. But let me explain the logic that brought me to that bizarre kind of way of thinking. I come from this big family, you know, I'm the youngest of eight, all these nieces and nephews. And there was always somebody in the house, there was sisters coming with the kids and people popping in after work. You know, the kettle was always on. And on a Friday, my mum would make this big pot of smoked fish and white sauce and, and homemade chips. Loads of people would come and we'd all have some chips with this yum, 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 yummy uh, fish and sauce on it. And it's one of my favourite things to make, actually. <laughs> I love it. It just reminds me so much of home and my mum. But yeah, and the, you know, there was always parties. There was always somebody getting married or having a baby. There's just so many of them. So there was always a party. And even before the, the babies and everything started, my granny, my father's mother, used to have a party. I think it was like once a month. And it was a sing song. And in her sitting room, there'd be just the, the walls would be lined with chairs in her sitting room and we would just go around the room and there was a, a guy there with a fiddle and a guy with an accordion and I remember as a kid being at that party and there'd be nowhere for us to sit so me and my cousin who was kind of around the same age would sit under a coffee table the singer would go around and when it came to you you sang sing a song for your granny <laughs> I don't want to sing a song sing a song for your granny <laughs> Okay, down by the Sally Gardens. Stop crying and sing the song. I know it probably sounds really cruel, but when I, it was just, it was so much fun. And it got to the stage where I loved it. I loved to sing. I loved it when it was my turn to sing. Sorry, I'm going slightly off point here. And then the sandwiches would come out. These gorgeous sandwiches that my auntie would make. They'd go around the room and the tea would be made. And, uh, you know, there'd be bottles of beer and whatever and a glass of whiskey or whatever. But there'd be, you know, there'd be a cup of tea with the sandwiches. And then kind of eventually this sandwich would appear under the table that me and my cousin, somebody hand us down a couple of sandwiches under the table. We would delight ourselves a glass of Coke and a sandwich. So every family memory that is precious to me has food associated with it. Christmas family parties, Friday when mum made that big pot of fish and Saturday mornings going out for breakfast with my mum and my and my sisters and then eventually when my nieces and now my sisters, they meet. It's one of the things that makes me sad about not living at, at home, but they meet most Saturday mornings and their daughters come with their kids and it's remained a, a family tradition. They meet for breakfast on a Saturday morning. Yeah, so food has always been associated with with times of family and times of fun and times of company. So I found that when I was lonely and when I was sad and particularly in latter years, I, I've shared before that I, I couldn't have I, I can't have children. I had to have um, major surgery when I was 30 and kind of that was the end of that. So I was extremely sad and so I ate, I, you know, I basically ate and cried for four years after my hysterectomy and I just put on, I piled on the weight and that's, you know, that was the road to ending up 24 stone because I was sad. 
I was really, really sad. And the thing that made me feel a little better, even if only for a few minutes, was food. And of course it became the tomb of the forbidden subject. When, <laughs> sorry, that really hurts my throat to do that. <laughs> um, it became that because in my head I'm saying, don't tell me I can't have another donut. I can't have children. I'm sad. And in fact, if you don't want me to have another donut, that obviously means that you don't care about the fact that I'm sad. So you obviously don't love me. Do you see how this kind of sequence of events uh, affected my thinking? And and of course, your thinking affects your behaviour. It's very rarely. The, in fact, I don't think it's ever the other way around. I'm not a, a neuroscientist, but in Tech Pixies, neuro coaching is one of the things that they are licensed to do. And they will always say that your thinking affects your behaviour. It's not the other way around. And so my thinking was, you don't love me if you suggest that maybe I start walking or if you suggest that maybe I stop eating bread or if you suggest that maybe I don't have a third donor. Yeah, we're not even talking about a second donor here, mate. We're talking about a third donor. And we're going to finish with a little snippet from last week. We're going to finish with Frankie. What is that about? No, not doing what's that about this week, Frankie. We're going to finish with the snippet from our birthday party last week. Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, in case you missed it, was one year old last week. And we celebrated that and had a little shindig. And of course, we had Frankie in to say hello. Well, here we are, one year on. Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to words and wobbles and wisdom, happy birthday to you. Hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray. Happy first birthday. Keep them coming, Ammo. Oh, yay. Thank you so much, Frankie. Big, big thank you to Frankie and to his mum, Lisa. So thank you so much for listening to the wrap up show. Delighted that you could join me and I hope you enjoyed those little snippets. I will put a link to the full episodes of all the ones that I've given you snippets of. You can find all of the details on the website annemariemiles.co.uk or if you wanted to email me for a chat, let me have some feedback or just to get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Smile at annemariemiles.co.uk. I'm very excited about next week. Next week, we have Fran Hill. She's the writer of a book called Miss What Does Incomprehensible Mean? She is such a funny writer, such a funny person and a great person to chat to. We talked about her book and particularly the fact that she made her bathroom wing scales and her bathroom mirror characters in her book. The book is a memoir about a year in her life as a teacher. We talked about how we talk to ourselves and how we let the mirror and the weighing scales talk to us and how it can really reveal our thinking. So I would love you to join me next week for my interview with Fran Hill. In the meantime, so glad you could join me for this wrap up episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Don't forget to join the mailing list. Go to annamariemiles.co.uk. All the information you need is there. Thank you again for joining me and I will see you and you will hear me next week. Bye bye.